so drastically that the, the, the environment of the church would change so drastically in what to me seems like such a short period of time. But there are a lot of things that are happening now that, um, that are happening as a result of the introduction of, of teaching and ideas. And don't, don't get me wrong. Some of the things that are being said by some, some preachers in our, in our generation, they're, they're things that come from the Lord. They're definitely, some people will share experiences that they've had with God. And I think that their experience, uh, the experiences that they have are real experience. In fact, Charlie and, and Shelly and I were having this discussion one day after church. We were talking about a minister that's gone on to be with the Lord. And um, Charlie was uh, very familiar with his ministry. I became acquainted with his ministry when I was a teenager. Uh, we used to have Holy Spirit conferences here in Oklahoma City. And uh, this brother would come to these Holy Spirit conferences. I remember the first time I saw him, um, his, his, he, would, he would walk around and he would, he would kind of talk like this, you know. And he had, he had squinty eyes. You never could see if he had his eyes open, you know. And, and, uh, and I, thought it was, I thought he was very unusual. But, man, he had some things to say. And I remember the anointing was present. Uh, that, that I do remember, that the anointing was there. And I remember he pulled one lady out and he prayed for her. When he prayed for people, I mean, he'd, he'd be like, hey, Jesus! You know, and then you're like shocked because it seems so out of character for her. But man, the fire, God would hit people and the Lord would touch people. But he, he taught on some things. I remember I had a tape series that he taught some things. And I remember when I listened to it, I thought, I don't know what he's talking about. I don't know what he's talking about. And I listened to it. I probably listened to it 50 times. I, one tape, I wore it out. Couldn't even listen to it no more. You know what? I never could figure it out. I never could figure it out. You know, there's some things that God does in individuals' lives and in people's lives uh, in, their walk, in their walk with him that you can't really teach it as a doctrine. You can't teach it as a doctrine. It's the way the Lord, when the Lord told me to cut my hair, I couldn't go around preaching all men ought to cut their hair. Derek wouldn't have liked it too good anyhow. When God told me to cut my hair, he told me to cut my hair. He didn't tell everybody to cut their hair. He told me. I, I, when I, in fact, when I told the Lord, I said, Lord, that's it. I'm going to go and I'm going to tell all these men to cut their hair. When the Lord told me to cut my hair, I'm going to tell all these men. He said, no. He said, I didn't tell them to cut their hair. I told you to cut your hair. I was like, well, Lord, why me? He says, because there's people that I'm sending you to that won't receive you unless you have your hair cut. I was like, well, that's not fair. He said, do you want to do what I, want, what I called you to do? Yeah. Well, he said, then it is what it is. But I couldn't make that into a doctrine. So there's some things that people have taught that un, un, I think unknowingly, some, some of them unwillingly presented something that became a man-made doctrine and a fable. You want me to give you an example? I'll give you an example. I have, I've, I've purposely stayed away from this one. <laughs> but I'm going to give you an example. Name your seed. Name your seed. Anybody ever heard that doctrine? Name your seed. Hey, listen, when you plant your seed, name your seed. Name your seed. That is a, that is a man-made faith. Now, listen, you say, well, hold on a minute. I heard Jesse Duplantis. Yeah, God told Jesse Duplantis to name his seed one time. But then Jesse Duplantis made it a doctrine <laughs> and started telling everybody they ought to name their seed. Now, listen, I, I think what he was doing probably wasn't 
creating a doctrine, more giving a testimony and encouraging people to hear from the Lord when they sowed and not just to sow and not hear from God. And unintentionally, he created this doctrine. And then later on, Brother Hagin, he wrote a book called The Midas Touch. He had to come and correct that doctrine. Amen. Amen. <laughs> now, does that mean God will never tell you to name your seed? No. Listen, God, God may, the Spirit of God may come on you and say, hey, listen, I need for you to sow X amount of dollars, and when you do, I want you to believe me for this. Right. Specifically, well, you say, well, that's naming your seed. Yeah, but you only do that if, the, if that's how the Lord instructs you. I see, but that's a personal thing. We don't, th this isn't something that we teach because it's not something that God does all the time. And we don't find scriptural, a scriptural basis for that to be a church doctrine. And, that, and that's why there's a lot of people have trouble with different things that we teach. Them. You want, me, want me to tell you one more? Okay. Sowing your seed into good ground. Sowing your seed into good ground. That's a fable. That's a doctrine of men. You won't find that anywhere in Scripture. In fact, if you find something in Scripture, you know what you're going to find? You're going to find God telling people to sow into bad ground. In fact, God told Abraham. Abraham, who the Bible says, whose body was now dead... And he didn't consider his own body, now dead, neither the, the deadness or the barrenness of Sarah's womb, but he held on to the promise. Abraham sowed dead seed into a dead womb, and it produced the promise of God. Therefore, blasting the idea that in order for you to get a harvest, you have to sow good seed into good ground. No, you just have to sow whatever seed you got wherever God tells you to sow it. Amen. And that, I mean, that's, what, that's, the, that's where, amen. So anyway, so we're, we're withdrawing from, now these, these things, now again, let me, let me say this. Uh, does it really bring much harm for us to believe in some of these things? I mean, it doesn't seem like it's a deal, but it's not going to send us to hell, right? It's not like we're doing evil. But you know what we do is we open the door to, <clears throat> to embracing everything that comes down the pike. Instead of having a, a foundation of the word. You know, the plumb line of our life ought to be the word of God. See, when, when everything's going haywire and we need help, then we have to know what God's word promises us if we're going to see uh, change in our life. And so uh, the word of God is the plumb line. Will he, will he lead us sometimes in ways, for example, uh, will he say, sow this seed and believe for debt cancellation? Yeah, he can do that. He can do that. But you can't go around telling people, well, you know, if you want to get out of debt, just sow a seed of debt cancellation. Lord told me one time, sow this seed of debt cancellation. Well, yeah, he told you. He told you. One time he told his disciples to tarry in the city of Jerusalem till they be endued with power from on high. You know what? We don't go to Jerusalem and wait. We don't go to Jerusalem and wait no more. That happened one time. 
But then when we look at Scripture, Scripture says that people got it wherever they were at. Amen. Cornelius' house. Uh, where, where else they get the Holy Ghost at? You remember some, uh, where was Samaria? Was it Samaria? Hey, man, lots of places. But we see it throughout all the book of Acts. Uh, all right. So, uh, 1 Timothy 1, 3, um, 3 and 4. <clears throat> let's let's read, read through this real quick. I'm, I'm trying to make quick work of this here, but I thought I'd better say that a little bit. 1 Timothy 1, verse 3 and 4. Paul, an apostle, of, or as I besought thee to abide still at Ephesus when I went to Macedonia, that thou mightest charge some that they teach no other doctrine. Next verse. Neither give heed to fables and endless genealogies which minister questions rather than godly edifying, which is in faith, so do. All right. Amen. First uh, Timothy chapter 4, verse 7. First Timothy chapter 4, verse 7. But refuse profane and old wives' fables and exercise thyself rather unto godliness. Notice, notice that most of these that we're reading are out of the letters written to Timothy. You know, Paul was trying to keep old Timothy straight. Amen. You know, uh, Timothy was a minister of the gospel. Let me tell you something. If you're called to ministry, if you're called to any kind of ministry, you better, you better straighten out. Listen, if you called the ministry and you're sitting in this church, you best get off of Instagram and Facebook and, and all that stuff that you all spend your time doing. You, you spend all the time you want outside of this church doing all that. But, you know, when you get up in here, we got to straighten out. If you called to do some sort of ministry. Now, see, you say, well, am I called? Well, are you? You got to make a decision. And then you've got you to straighten out what you believe. Right. Amen. you got to start thinking about um, what you expose yourself to. Right. What you allow to influence your life. Right. Amen. Right. I've been encouraging people to unfollow everyone. And then just hang out with their pastor and whoever their pastor can bring through. That's right. Amen. Just for a period of time. Just to clear the air and to get people back on course. First <laughs> Timothy chapter 4, uh, verse 7, it says, Refuse profane old wives' fables, exercise thyself rather unto godliness. Second Peter chapter 1, verse 16. And we'll finish with this one and then we'll get into uh, what we left off with last week. First Peter chapter 1, verse 16 for we've not followed cunningly devised fables when we made known unto you the power and coming of our Lord uh, Jesus Christ, but were eyewitnesses of his majesty. Amen. Boy, that's good. All right. So now open your Bibles with me to the book of Matthew chapter 7. Matthew chapter 7. <clears throat> And we're going to read from verse 21. So we read that there was coming a time when people wouldn't endure sound. You know, so uh, what does that mean? Well, you know what? Some people, the minute they hear something that, um, 
minute they hear something that tickles their ear or provokes them. Uh, uh, Tyler was in a meeting one time, and there was a guy that was preaching out of Mark chapter 16. Go ye into all the world, preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. He that believeth not shall be damned. These signs shall follow them that believe. In my name shall they cast out devils. Now, when, when he said that, he stopped there. And, he, and I, I think I wasn't there. But Tyler said he stopped there and he said this. Some people think that means casting out evil spirits. Exercising demons out of people. He said, and that's not what that means. And I remember Tyler, he, he called me to tell me about it. He's like, he said, my, he said, my red flag alert started going off. That doesn't mean cast out evil spirits. It doesn't mean exercise demons. He said, you know, what, uh, you know uh, he said, a lot of people in the body of Christ, you know, he said, how many of you have ever seen a demon exercised out of someone, you know? How many of you have ever exercised a demon out of someone? Of course, nearly nobody raised their hands. Nobody responded. You know why? Because we don't see a lot of that happening in the modern day church. But it's not because demons don't exist. And it's not because God didn't intend for us to cast out demons. It because, it's because God's people have gotten away from being doers of the word and followers of the spirit. Right. Amen. Listen, you follow the Holy Ghost and, and eventually you're going to stir up some devils. Amen. You're going to run into, you're going to run into some tr trouble. But, but he, said, he said, you know, most of you have never seen anything like that. You've never heard of anything like that. And he says, and I'll tell you why. Because that scripture doesn't mean you're going to exercise evil spirits. What Jesus was talking about is that everyone has, you know, their demons. Everyone has their problems. Everyone has their issues that they wrestle with. And some of you wrestle with your personal demons. And what Jesus was saying was, he's going to help you through your problems. They shall cast out devils. He said, look at the next one. They shall speak with new tongues. He says, see, some people, they think that means going around talking a bunch of gibberish. They're going to just talk a bunch of gibberish. He said, that's not what that scripture means. He said, because there's a lot of people have problems when they hear people talking in a bunch of gibberish and a bunch of tongues. He said, and that's not God. For people to be confused that way. God is not the author of confusion. Listen, I've got news for you. When, when the Holy Ghost showed up on the day of Pentecost and the Bible says people spoke with tongues, do you know what the Bible says next? It says that those that were there were confounded. They were confused. Did God show up on the day of Pentecost? Yes. Well, how were people confused then? If God's not the author of confusion. Well, I'll tell you why. Because God didn't cause the confusion. God can't help it that every time he shows up, you get confused. He's not the author of confusion. You're the author of confusion. Amen. So he said that, speak with new tongues. He said that didn't mean they was going to talk in another language. He said what that meant was, he says, when you become a Christian, you begin to speak differently. You begin to talk in a different, you don't use certain language the way that, well, some people, anyway, you, you don't use, the language. You, you, you speak, a, you, all the, in other words, all of a sudden you start speaking Christianese. And people know by the language that you, that you speak that you're, you know, you, you, you change the way you talk. And because you change the way you talk, um, they'll know you're That's what that was talking about. <laughs> Do 
Do you know, do you know, uh, and you know what people were doing? This was in a spirit-filled, ah, this was in a spirit-filled, tongue-talking Pentecostal church that this guy was preaching in. And he professes to be a spirit-filled, spirit-led, tongue-talking evangelist. That's right. And you know what people, listen, you know what people were doing when they was hearing this taught? Ooh. Ooh. Say that again. Oh. You know, you know what that kind of teaching does? It, it, it's a, it alleviates our responsibility of having to trust the Lord to see any of these things manifested in our life. When you think that Jesus wasn't saying cast out or exercise evil spirits... But see, uh, uh, it, it takes the responsibility off of us to see anything like that happen. But instead, he's like, you're okay. See, you thought you was messed up, but you're not messed up at all. You're right. It's these other people that are nuts. Oh, he's still in ministry. He's one of the most dynamic preachers you'll ever hear. In fact, first time I heard him preach, he preached a message. I sat there with my mouth agape. I was in awe. I was like... Why don't I know who this guy is? He should be on television. He should, have a, he should, ha, he should be a, a voice to the body of Christ. I mean, I thought, this guy is amazing. And then Tyler tells me, I said, well, that's why. <laughs> now, I mean, wouldn't surprise me if he didn't come to, you know, to prominence in the environment that we're living in now. Because there are so many people that are embracing such silliness and such foolishness in the body of Christ. So we have to... We have to, as God's people, we have to understand. Now, this is a sign of the time. Turn to someone and say, this is a sign of the times. Okay, and this is why I'm, this is why I'm talking. I'm going to take my coat off. This is why I'm talking to you all about this, because it, I want you to understand that these things are happening because it's the sign of the times. This is, this is what ought to speak to us as believers, as Christians, that uh, what the Bible says is right. What the Bible said is true. That we're, it's coming to pass. That we are, we're living in those days. And if we're living in those days, we as God's people, we, especially, especially those of us that want to walk uprightly before the Lord and fulfill God's purpose, we've got to determine in our hearts that we're going to, uh, more than ever before, live according to... Amen. Amen. Listen, I don't, I don't care if everybody else is doing it. Didn't your mama ever, you know what? My, my mama said, mom, can I go, can I go, uh, can I go over here? No. Why not? Because I said, well, my friends are going. Well, if your friends were jumping off the bridge, would you? Yeah. Did your mom ever tell you like that? <laughs> But you know what? We got lots of Christians. We got, we got lots of Christians jumping off the bridge with other people. Amen. Amen. Mostly in prophetic, apostolic kind of circles. I, I hate that. Because that's the kind of circle we, uh, you know what? They don't, people that are prophetic apostolic, they don't recognize us as a prophetic apostolic church. You know why? Because we don't get up and do the crap that they do. I'm, can I say that? I can say that to y'all, can I? <laughs> Amen. 
We want the things of God, but we're not, we're not about to enter into foolishness no. because we got tired of waiting. Listen, I'm going to hang on. I'm a, I've seen the move of God. I've, I've been a part of the move of God. I've seen the manifestation of the anointing of the Holy Ghost. I've seen the dead raised. I've seen the bound set free. I've watched sick people get healed. I've watched, I've watched people get delivered from a prophetic utterance, from a prophetic word. Not just feel good about the word they were. I've seen people, the chains and bondage of, of, of sin and, and shame and darkness break off of them. I mean, I watched the lady, one time we had a lady come into a service and she's bound up because her son had passed away. I don't know how, what the circumstances were of his death, but he had died and um, he was young. He was in his 20s and he was a worshiper. She hadn't even come to church. She wouldn't come to church because she couldn't come to church without the grief over, overwhelming her. She was in a dark, dark place, dark depression. And she walked in that, that uh, revival in Holland, uh, Ohio, and the word of the Lord came. And I said, lady, I, and I, I prof- I'll just say this. It was, a, it was a very specific prophetic word about that situation. Okay. I laid hands on her, and we watched that lady transform right before. Now, listen, I'm not, t- I'm not talking about that she just cried. I'm talking about this lady passed from darkness into light. She was transformed. Transform. She didn't just fall out. She was turned into another person. Amen. Too many times we see people get prophesied, um, prophesied over. And there's no change. We, we say there was fire, but then we go outside and all they had was smoke. Amen. Again, I'm not trying, I'm not trying to be ugly. I'm gonna, I received that, Ted, in the name of Jesus. I received that, Debbie, in the name of Jesus. I'm just going to stand over here for a while. Praise God. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> what, 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 what do I need to say? No. <laughs> We're not, we don't do that in the name of Jesus. So, in the, so we know we're living, in the, we're living in the last of the last of the last of the last days because these things are happening. Yes. Amen. So we want, we, want to, we, we want things to be like, ooh. All right, I'm going to go to Matthew 7, but hang, hang there for a second. Just hang there in Matthew 7. I'm going to read you something. I'm going to read you something. I'm going to read you something. First, Thess- First Thessalonians. First Thessalonians chapter one, I'm going to read it to you. Verse five, for our gospel came unto you, came not unto you in word only. I'm just going to read it to you. First Thessalonians chapter one, verse five. You can write it down. Read it later. For our gospel came not unto you in word only, but also in power. So now say not in word only. So when we, fo- when we follow the word of God, you know what? We can expect that it's not just going to be in word only. Amen. But also in power and in the Holy Ghost and in much assurance. Glory to God. Do you know you'll be, pro- glory to God. I'm going to preach to Tabitha for a while now. No, I received that in the name of Jesus. Much assurance. Say much assurance. 
as you know what manner of men we were among you for your sake. Amen. Amen. So there's, 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 something, there's something to adhering to the word of God, marrying yourself to the, to the word of God, being faithful to do the word of God, refusing to get off center when it comes to the, now will, will that happen? Will we sometimes every now and again get off? Yes. Amen. All of us will, but there's power. There's the Holy ghost and there's much assurance that comes when we hang on to the word of God. Amen. All right. Now Matthew chapter, whatever, what was it? Matthew chapter seven, Matthew chapter seven, verse um, 21. Here's the other thing that it says. Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven. But he that doeth the will of my Father. Now, this this is why we're we're talking about adhering to the word. What is the the will of God? Y'all know what the will of God. Now, see, some people are like, I sure wish I knew what the will of God was. You know what? Crack open that book that's been collecting dust. Crack open that book, the Holy Bible. Because if you know the word of God, you know the will of God. Because the word of God and the will of God are one and the same. You know, you don't, you don't, you know, you don't have to wonder if you're called to pray. You are. You know what the Bible says? Men ought to always pray. You know, because the Bible says that, we, 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 we don't have to wonder or question whether or not we should be people of prayer. Some people, you know, some people are like, I think we should be at church. And other people are like, well, you know, I just don't think we ought to go that much. Well, you know what the Bible says? You know, God don't care whether you work, whether you got kids, whether you God, there's, do you know, there's no exemptions made for anyone when it comes to not forsaking the assembling of yourselves together. There's no exemptions. There, there isn't a, there isn't an addendum. We get excited, man. There, there's no addendum. There's no, you know, there's, there's no uh, uh, provisions made for special circumstances. Amen. But he said, he said this, not everyone that saith to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth the will of my Father. Amen. So what does that mean? Well, those that are doers of the word. Those that don't abandon sound doctrine. That's what this is saying. Because there's going to be a lot of people that get out there and say, Lord, Lord. Now, again, I'm not, I'm not trying to freak anybody out. And I'm not saying, I'm not saying that, um, I'm, also, I'm also not saying that the people that are saying, Lord, Lord, aren't people that are sincere in their uh, desire to do the will of God. In in other words, these people that are saying, Lord, Lord, aren't conniving. They're not not people that are purposefully trying to deceive people or they're not wolves in sheep's clothes. That's not what's going on. These are people that truly have had an encounter with the Lord Jesus Christ. They're people that are born again, probably people that are called to ministry. um, And they, 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 in their, in their, in their minds anyway, they want to be doing the will of the Lord. But somehow or another, they've got caught up not doing the will of the Lord. 
Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven. Man, look what it says, verse 22. Many will say, say many will say. Many will say. Not just a few, many. So we have to be prepared that there are going to be many. You know what, when you if, you, if you have found someone that's not numbered among the many, it, 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 honestly, it won't take a rocket scientist to figure out. It doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure it out. If you observe, if you, if you open up your heart, if you open up your mind to the Spirit of God, you know, it doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure out who those are that uh, have prophesied in his name and in his name cast out devils. And in his name did many wonderful works. But in that day, the Lord will say to those, depart from me, ye workers of iniquity. I never knew you. Do you know it's not hard to find out? It's not hard to determine who workers of iniquity are, who people are that fall into that category. It, it's, and when we talk about iniquity, say iniquity. What is iniquity? It's lawlessness, right? So it doesn't mean lying, cheating. Well, lying, cheating, stealing, adulterating, fornicating, uh, 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 all these things fall into the category of iniquity because if you practice lying, cheating, stealing, adulterating, fornicating, if you practice those things, you're getting off into lawlessness. But lawlessness isn't that comp isn't isn't uh, that uh, complex either. We think lawlessness is open disregard for uh, uh, the word of God by doing dark, wicked, sinful things. But lawless, you know what lawlessness can be? When God tells you to go to church and you don't show up. When you go to church and God tells you to lift a hand and you won't lift a hand. When, when, God, when, God, is, when God is handing out uh, tears and people are crying and you're like, bless God, I don't even feel sad. Ha, ha, ha. And you try to offer God laughter when he's trying to... When he's trying to uh, uh, get tears from us. Right. And there's some people, there's some people God gives out laughter and everybody's ha, ha, ha. And instead of people getting over there and getting joy and offering God laughter, they want to be crying. In fact, I had a, I had a guy, I, I, he was a friend of mine in high school. Well, we weren't actually friends. We were more acquaintances. But anyway, he had grew, grown up Baptist. I led him in baptism in the Holy Ghost. And so we hung out for a while. I was challenging to him. Still am. But he came, to, he came to a meeting one time and he said, oh, everybody's against me. Nobody's for me. He said, every church I've ever gone to, the pastors don't like me. Listen, I'm going to tell you something. If every church you went to, the pastor don't like you, something wrong. And it's probably not with those pastors. You know, I've been, I've been, every, I've been everywhere and I can't find one place. Something's wrong. And it's not with all the places you've been to. He said, he said, he said, I believe they're jealous of my anointing. I said, really? I said, what are you anointed to do? He says, I'm a prophet. Well, listen, I'm going to tell you something. I knew, I knew just by the spirit, he wasn't a prophet. But anyway, I just, I was just letting it, I thought, well, I don't have to see everything. So maybe he is, I'm just not discerning it. Then he said, yeah, he said, I'm so prophetic. He said that. 
He said, when I was in Bible school, he went to Bible school, that Bible school I preached at not too long ago. He said, when I was in Bible school, he said, we were getting together for chapels. He said, and I came in there and the spirit of God came on me and I got joy. And the Lord tried to introduce those people to joy and laughter through the anointing on my life. He said, I went in there and man, he said, I fell out and I was laughing and I was in the joy and nobody else was laughing. They were all looking at me, looking at me like I was crazy. They all looked down upon me. He said, and the Lord tried to use me. He said, but I was the only one. Listen, if you're the only one laughing, you should probably consider not laughing. Because that may not be what the Lord is doing that day. And you know what he said this? He said this. He said, the following week, he said, I went in there and he said, in the middle of worship, he says, all these people began to laugh. All these people that looked down on me and looked at me like I was crazy and they were looking down their noses at me the week before. And now the following week, they're all laughing their heads off. He says, but you know what I was doing? I was crying. Because the Lord, he doesn't deal with me in the moment. He deals with me in other, I was crying because I, I was seeing something in the future. He said, and I was laughing the week before because I was prophesying what was coming. Because I'm a prophet. And, and I told him, I said, I said, hey, I said, hey, if I, if I told you something, I said, you would, because we'd only, we'd, we'd lost touch and we were just, he came to one meeting and we're just reacquainting with one another that night. I said, hey, I said, uh, if I told you something, would you receive it? He was like, Yeah. I said, I have no reason. I said, do you think I'm threatened by your ministry? He said, no. I said, do you think I'm jealous of the anointing of God that's on your life? He goes, no. I said, so I'd have no reason to tell you anything that was hurtful or anything that, like that. He said, no, not at all. I said, so if I tell you something, you'll be open to receive it. Yeah. I said, uh, you're not a prophet. I said, I'm not being ugly. I'm just telling you. I said, and, and what you're getting into is not prophetic, it's iniquity. Because yeah. you keep trying to offer God something he's not asking for. You keep trying to give God something in, in an environment that he's created another atmosphere. You keep trying to offer God something in that environment that he's not asking for. That's iniquity. Are y'all hearing me? See, some, some, of you, some of you get off in iniquity and you're doing your gift by, while you're in iniquity. Because you're doing your gift your way and not his way. That's lawlessness. That's iniquity. So when Jesus says that there'll be people that cast out devils, it's not that those people weren't anointed and didn't have the power and the authority to cast out devils. It's just that they did it and they probably did it outside of the will of God. Because it's not always God's will for us to... Although it is God's will in general for devils to be cast out of people, it may not be the thing to do in the moment. I know some of you looking at me like, is there anything in the Bible about that? As a matter of fact, <laughs> I just so happen to have a scripture for you. <laughs> Go to the book of Acts. The book of Acts. Chapter, um, oh, <laughs> chapter something, the book of Acts chapter, um, 
Ooh, yeah, I should have read that one too. Oh, y'all, there's some good stuff in this Bible. You know, if you if you read it, it'll help you. Okay. Every day, Ted? Every day. Every day. Glory to God. Hallelujah. I receive that, Michael, in the name of Jesus. Amen. Michael must not have any cash, so he sent cash out. Praise God. <laughs> Glory to God. I'm about to get there. I have it written. I've, I've taken some. I've, I've, highlighted, I've highlighted so many scriptures um chapter 16 chapter 16 acts chapter 16 verse 16 and it came to pass as we went to prayer a certain damsel possessed with a spirit of divination met us which brought her masters much gain by soothsaying the same followed Paul and us and cried, saying, These men are the servants of the Most High God, which show unto us. <clears throat> I received that, Tyler, in the name of Jesus. <laughs> which show unto us the way of salvation. So there's this woman that the Bible says is possessed with a spirit of divination that followed after uh, the Apostle Paul and his group there and was and was saying about them these men are men of God they are declaring the way of salvation is what she was saying wrong no is it evil is what is that what this woman saying evil no is it wicked no it's right it's right now you know what i reckon that paul and those that were with him knew that this woman had an evil spirit. Heck, I've watched people walk in here with evil spirits. Some of y'all, when y'all came here, you had a bad spirit on you. We didn't stop the whole service when we saw you had a bad spirit and cast the devil out of you. You know why? Because that's not always how you do it. You say, well, how do you do it? Well, that, that's a good question. How do you do it? You, you're certainly not going to. Uh, now, I'm going to get up here and I'm going to teach you guys this stuff and I'm going to teach you lessons on it. But I'm just giving you examples of how the Lord dealt with me and different ways that the Lord showed me over the years how to do something. That's, that doesn't mean that you do it exactly the way that I did it. Those are just examples for you to glean from, for you to be able to say, all right, you know, I can see how the Lord could do that that way. And then when you're in the moment, when you're in the spirit, when you're following the Holy Ghost, when you've read the word of God and you hanging on to the word of God, in that moment is when you've got to find out what God wants you to do. Are y'all hearing me? Yes. Is this helping anybody at all? Yes. It says, the same followed Paul and us and cried, saying, these men are servants of the Most High God, which show us the way of salvation. And this she did many days. Amen. This she did many days. See, so what we've been talking about is we've been talking about discerning. <sighs> took me this long. Discerning. The voice of God, the will of God, what be God, what not be God. Right. 
discerning the move of God, discerning being able to navigate the waters of this present age. Church, you've got to be able to discern the difference between what is God and what is not God. What is established on the word of God and what is flakier than a two-crust pie. Many of them will seem similar. You know, what, where would we be? Where would we be without the Holy Ghost? Without a dependence on the Spirit? I'm, I'll tell you where we'd be. Some of us would be exactly where we're at, in the ditch. Because we didn't discern the Spirit. Because we didn't discern what was God and what was not God. Amen. I had a, I had a woman. In fact, she came to visit this church. Uh, uh, Jennifer. Her and her husband came from Ohio. She, she went, first time I met her, she came into a meeting of ours. And listen, she was, she was jacked up. She, she, I, was, I was up preaching, and she would get up, and she'd stand in the back, and she'd pace back and forth. And then she'd sit down, and she'd go in a corner, and she'd mumble something to herself. And she'd, she'd kind of hit herself on the head a little bit. I mean, she was like, I'll, I'll be honest with you. She looked like she was crazy to me. And I got done preaching, and the service was over, and Pastor Reuben's wife, Andrea, she wanted her to come over and talk to me. Well, she had kind of persuaded her to come close to me, and then she ran off. And then she got a little bit closer, and then she ran off. Finally, she stood in front of me, and I said, hello. And she goes, she went to say something, and then she, and then she cried, and then she goes, she just, she fell apart. I mean, she was beside herself, and she ran away from me. And I said, wait, wait, wait. I said, where are you going? I said, I got up off, I got up off the chair. I, I went over to her and I grabbed her by the arm. I said, come over here. She says, I don't want to waste your time. I'm just a waste of time. I said, listen. I said, come here and sit down. I said, you're not wasting my time if I'm giving it to you. I said, I'm about to give you my time. Sit down here. And I sat her down and I said, what's going on with you? And she, man, she, she didn't make a lick of sense. I mean, she talked all around, and she, she, she could barely speak through her tears and through her sobbing. But the Spirit of God spoke to me in that moment. We have to discern the Spirit. We have to follow the Holy Ghost, church. Turn to someone tell them, follow the Holy Ghost. We have to follow the Holy Spirit. You know what? If I'd have been following my head, I'd imagine that woman was demon-possessed. Because she was acting like a demon-possessed individual. If I, and in my head, I, that's what I was thinking. I was thinking, she's bound up with an evil spirit. But you know, as I sat there and I spoke with her, and I was trying to, she wasn't making a lick of sense. She was just wanting to get away from me. And all of a sudden, the Spirit of God spoke up, and he said, everyone she's ever sat and talked to who was a preacher told her she was demon-possessed. And you know what the Lord said? She's not. She has an imbalance in her body. If she'll go and get on medication and get her mind straightened out, she can get in faith and receive healing. So while she's there trying to stammer and talk to me, I, I stopped her. I said, Jennifer, hang on. I said, you are not demon possessed. When I said that, I'm, I'm going to listen, folks. I'm going to tell you a burden of weight came off of her shoulders and a yoke came off of her. I watched her. She goes, I'm not. I said, Jennifer, you have something going on in your mind. There's something off in your body. I said, you need to go to the doctor. You need to let them diagnose you. You need to let them give you some medication. I said, 
only to treat the symptoms. They're not going to heal you. But once your symptoms subside, you can exercise your faith and you can believe God for your 100% healing, health, and wholeness. I said, but right now, you can't even, you can't even keep a straight thought. I said, I'm going to pray for your healing right now. I said, but I want you to go to the doctor. I want you to find. You know, she went to the doctor. They gave her one pill. She took that pill for two weeks, changed her whole life. The next time I saw her, she sat through the service. She read her Bible with me. She sat there that she don't get up and down. She don't sit in the back talking to herself near like she did before. Now you get her in a real tight space and, and, uh, and <laughs> have to interact personally with people. She gets a, she gets a little, uh, she gets a little uh, stressed. But anyhow, but what a world of difference. But the thing was, she, she wasn't demon. There have been, there've been people that struggled with mental illness in the church that people, people told them they was demon-possessed, and they weren't. Some people that were, had, had problems with addiction that were told that they were demon-possessed, and they weren't. They had, a, they had a problem with their flesh. Now, this woman in the Word, she had an evil spirit. And Paul, listen, Paul didn't cast the devil out of her right away. Look what it says. It says, and she did this many days. She did this many days. Hmm. I'm going to read something to y'all. Glory to God. We've got to quit believing that when, uh, well, anyway, let, let's read this and I'll tell you. This she did many days, but Paul being grieved turned and said to the spirit, I command thee in the name of Jesus Christ to come out. And he came out the same hour. Oh, I'm going to have to wind this down. It, had, he not, had he not seen by the Spirit what needed to take place there? You know, that's what, that's what separates people that turn the world upside down from people that just talk about turning the world upside down. Or people that just want to turn the world upside down. Is that they're led by the Spirit. That they do things according to the Spirit. Not, not just by, uh, and, and I told you this last week. If we're going to properly discern, the first thing we're going to have to throw in the trash is um, uh, good intentions. We can't function by good intentions. We, we've, got to, we've got to get rid of our preconceived ideas about uh, what the Lord intends to do based on what we feel or what we think we see. And we've got to start doing things according to what the Holy Ghost tells us. Right. Do you know that the, a big part of the reason, I'm going I'm to give this to y'all and I'm going to quit here. A big part of the reason why God, I received that in the name of Jesus. A big part of the reason why God wants us to be led by the Spirit is that when we're led by the Spirit, Gabriel, are you getting ready to come up here? 
Yeah, you are. Amen. Come on, brother. Praise the Lord. A big part of the reason why God wants to be led by the Spirit is because when we're led by the Spirit, we don't, I don't think we understand this much, but when we're led by the Spirit, God reveals through us mysteries that have been hidden by the Spirit. <clears throat> he all of a sudden begins to open up the realm of the supernatural and reveal to us what's in that realm. And here's what I, here's what I mean by that. Because <clears throat> I don't think we, we, we stop to consider this. A lot, a lot of the things that God wants to reveal to us, you know, the Bible says that God, he hid mysteries for us, not from us, but for us. There are things that he's hidden in himself, not to keep away from us, but he hid them in there so that we would discover them. Things that were hidden in us that he wants us to discover. And many people that just want to get in the spirit and stomp around in the spirit and get all kind of crazy and do what they consider to be spiritual stuff. Many people that do that, that this is the aspect of, of the walk of the spirit that they don't understand. God has a purpose in wanting us to walk after the spirit because when we walk after the spirit, things that have never been revealed are revealed. And it, and it transforms people's lives. Now, some people, some people, they see the same things they've always seen, but then there are others that they're witnessing something they've never witnessed, and it's a revelation to them, and it's transformative. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read to you what I wrote down. God wants to reveal mysteries through us. He wants to make what has been impossible. I mean, I received that in the name of Jesus. He wants to make what has been impossible until now possible. Because we follow him. And so I'm going I'm to give you an example of what that, what that is. You know, uh, there was a time when people couldn't run a five-minute mile. To break the five-minute mark to run a mile was impossible. And for years, there was the record was, you know, you couldn't break that five minutes. I mean, forever. But all of a sudden, someone broke the record and ran a mile in less than five. I received that, Charlie, in the name of Jesus. Now, see, some people saying, why are they doing that? Well, this, we want to be led by the Spirit. Right. Amen. We want to be led by the Spirit. See, some of us, if we had our way, we'd want, we'd want this to happen every every week and there's some preachers when it happens in their meeting they try to make it happen every time but it's not this ain't a doctrine this is just what the spirit is doing in the moment this don't happen every Sunday but we're going to be we're going we're going to follow the leading of the spirit we're going to discern what the holy ghost wants to say see we're not going to get an iniquity and try to do it our way we want to do it his way it don't matter why he's telling us to do it we're going to be right this is, a, this is a perfect example of it. But anyhow, once, once someone broke that five-minute mile, all of a sudden it started getting broken all the time. Because one person broke it, and it took that impossibility, that thought of impossibility, away. 
And now all of a sudden people began to discover potential within themselves to do something that they didn't think before that time could be done. But once one person broke it, all of a sudden now a bunch of people believed it. And now there's lots of people that broke that. Are y'all hearing that? So one time I was over in Lexington, I was preaching revival. This is how this conveys over to the spirit. I was over in Lexington, I was preaching revival and the anointing of the spirit. I mean, we were, we were in there and we had been there for, man, for, uh, we were in uh, Lexington for six months. And so while we're over there in Lexington, uh, in that six month revival, the Holy Spirit was drawing people there. Well, there was an evangelist. He'd been an evangelist longer than I'd been an evangelist. His name was Alan Davenport. He's gone on to be with the Lord. He's from here in Oklahoma. But Alan Davenport came to that revival. Are y'all still with me? Yes. I don't, Charlie, I don't have a watch today. <laughs> but Alan Davenport, he'd been advanced. He had, but you know what? Alan Davenport was an evangelist like most people are evangelists. Three days here, three days there, a week here, a week there. He had never experienced anything like what we were experiencing in revival. So he came and he sat in the meetings. And I remember he sat there. Uh, we were toward the end of the revival. And I, I was watching the Spirit of God on that guy. Man, I feel the Holy Ghost right now. I saw the Spirit of God coming on that guy. Man, he, was, he sat there and he was on the edge of his seat. I knew I was preaching stuff he'd heard. But he was on the edge of his seat. You know why he was on the edge of his seat? He was recognizing that the anointing was, there was a, there was a different flow of the anointing that was coming off of my life. There was something that he, that he was, he was perceiving something by this. He was like that woman at the well of Samaria that when she looked at Jesus, she said, I, per I perceive you're a prophet. Like Paul, when he, when he, uh, when he was getting ready to take that journey and get on that ship, he said, I perceive that this journey is going to be with much trouble. See that perception, that discernment. God wants, God wants to have you discerning by the Spirit. As a believer, God wants you relying on the Holy Ghost to tell you what to do, to show you what direction to go, not to rely on what you feel, not to rely on what you see, not to rely on what you hear in the natural, but to rely on what the Spirit of God is saying. You know what? Alan Davenport had been an evangelist longer than I have. He, he didn't take into consideration he had more experience than I did. But something was going on. He was perceiving something by the Spirit. Well, he came for, for a solid week. He came. And then he came for a couple days the next week. Before, I didn't see him again. Because he only came for that week and a half. And I never saw him again. But at the end of that week and a half, he approached me during an altar call and said, Will you lay your hands on me? I said, Yes, sir. He lifted up his hands. I put my hands on him. The fire of God hit him. Um, he laid out on the floor for about two or three hours. He got off the floor and I never saw the man again. He didn't come back because he had a revival meeting to preach. So he went to his revival meeting. Do you know the following week he went to revival and that revival lasted for six months. He had never had a revival last for more than three days and now his revival lasted for six months. He had someone that was in that revival. He said, send word to Brother Ziggy. Tell him I received that anointing. Tell him, tell him I realized something about my life, about my destiny, about my ministry, about... So all, all of a sudden something was revealed to Brother Davenport that he had never seen.
A mystery was revealed that transformed his life, that transformed his ministry, that took him to a place where he had never been before, to see things he had never seen before, and to do things he had never done. Y'all see that? So you know what I believe? I believe that people that just go out and do stuff without being directed by the Spirit, without being led by the Spirit, again, the Bible says they're going to tell Jesus, Lord, I did this in your name, not out of his name, in his name. Not with wrong intent. They had the right intent. They, they intended, I mean, they had good intentions. I, I shouldn't say right intent. It was good intent. They had good intentions, but it wasn't. Jesus looks at those people that cast out devils, that did many mighty works, that did all these things, and says, depart from me, ye that work iniquity. I never knew you. Depart from me, you that did things in a lawless manner, that did things your way and not my way. You were doing my stuff, but you weren't doing it my way. See, Alan Davenport had been doing God's stuff, but up to that point in time, he wasn't doing it God's way. But the minute he did it God's way, it exploded with great blessing. I know some people have asked me this. They said, well, you know what? If God's still going to work with them people, what's the difference? Because you know what? I believe that many of these people that are off in iniquity and off in lawlessness right now, a bunch of them are going to get it straight when the Holy Ghost falls. When the Spirit of God falls, they're going to get it right. We're, we're, going, to, we're going to do meetings together. We're going to labor together. It's going to be awesome. Well, if it's going to be awesome. Why do we have to, why, why should we be so uh, vigilant about walking this path that you're talking about, Pastor Zig? Well, because I think that God's going to use different people. To, I think those people, those people that, that just go from, happening to happening, manifestation to manifestation. They're not the ones that are the revealers of the mysteries. They just come along after the mystery's been revealed and they participate in the revelation. But then there are those that pioneer. That pioneer and open up the doors and reveal the mysteries of God. See, that, that's who we want to be. We want to be those through whom the mystery is revealed, not just those who are the witnesses of the mysteries being opened up. Some will be pioneers and others will always be followers. There, there are people God wants to use as God wants you to be a pioneer, Carolyn. Gil, Anna, Rachel. Amen. Andrew, Jasper, God wants y'all to be pioneers. God don't want you just following people around and getting in their little party and doing it. God wants you showing up and 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 using you to open up a door that reveals a mystery that people have never seen before. Andrew, you did, you did that in, in, the, in the children's ministry. 
Andrew started working with our kids. You know what? Everyone had an opportunity to do some of the stuff Andrew did. But Andrew rolled up in there one day in my office. And he had him a whole book. He threw a binder down. He said, Pastor, I want you to look at this. I got some ideas for vacation Bible school. I'm like, what? Vacation Bible? What? We didn't even have a facility of our own. He talked about vacation Bible school. I opened it up and listen, I opened it up. I'm looking through. I'm like, Andrew, Andrew. I think I, I might have taken off my shoe and thrown it at him. I was like, Andrew. You know, you know what? It, it, it's, it provoked something in my spirit. It provoked something that I hadn't yet seen, that I hadn't yet understood, that God was trying to get across to me, that he wanted to do with our children. And now, you know what? I mean, this year, we rolled up in here this year, and I'm telling you right now, what, what happens in our church now for the children in the summertime happened because Andrew opened himself up to the Holy Ghost and allowed God to reveal a mystery through him. Now, guess what? That wasn't the only one God wants to reveal. Are y'all hearing me today? Some of y'all, God does something like that through you once. You're like, glory to God. It's more than just manifesting a gift. It's about God using you to pioneer. Open up a door. I'm, I'm going to leave you this last thing. His presence and feeling the anointing isn't an indication that what we're doing or participating in is His perfect will. Or all that we're doing is all that He desires to do. Sometimes when we get in the presence of the Lord, we get in the anointing, we think, well, it's got to be God. I was in that meeting and I felt the anointing. It had to be the Lord. I mean, why would it be anointed if God wasn't in, if, God, if, God, if it wasn't God's will? Listen, I've been in meetings where people did stuff that wasn't the will of God and the anointing of God. In fact, some of the best meetings I've ever been in. I was in a meeting in Anadarko. I'd been praying. I said, Lord, see, I'm putting it away. Y'all can get it. Uh... <clears throat> I, yes, yes, yes. I, I was in Anadarko preaching. It was three, four weeks into a revival. People weren't, uh, I, all I was doing was teaching and preaching, Carolyn, teaching and preaching. No demonstration, no nothing. I mean, it was just me preaching. And people were kind of like some of y'all this morning. Amen. It, it, it didn't seem like it was the most interesting meeting. You know what I'm saying? And, but we were there for three weeks. And people kept coming. But I was telling the Lord, I'm like, Lord, and kind of, I feel this way this morning a little bit. But I've, I've learned, I've learned, I've learned to follow the Holy Ghost. I've learned to not look at y'all and say that the way y'all are looking at me is any indicator of what God, God I've got to have, I've got to have faith in God. And so when them, when them folks was looking that, you know, that way, I was like, Lord, these people ain't going to stay here. This revival's going in the toilet, man, if you don't do something. I'm, I'm trying to tell God how to do his business. I'm trying to tell God how to have revival. Or you're killing this revival. 
by your refusal to manifest yourself. <laughs> I'm telling the Lord, he's killing his meeting. Are you killing your meeting? So I went to pray and I'm like, Lord, move, move, move. You got to be careful how you pray because we can pray. And if we pray, even if sometimes we pray uh, something that's outside of God's perfect will, he'll do it because he answers prayer. He answered Israel and gave him Saul. And he told them, it's not my will for you to have that king. But he said, but since you want it, here you go. That's why we got to discern the spirit. Is that really what the Lord's saying? So anyhow, I'm praying. I'm like, Lord, move, move, do something, God. And finally, he told me what to do. He said, all right, during the offering, he said, I want you to do this. I, I was just, I didn't care what it was that he was going to say. I was just glad he said something because we needed, I, I thought we needed something to happen, break out. We needed a manifestation of the spirit. That's what I thought. That was just my opinion. He said, during the offering, I want you to tell people, don't, don't, don't let them give their offering. He said, tell them to take their seed and give it to another sower. He said, and when they do that, he says, I'll be fulfilling my word that I supply seed to the sower. He said, and then when those people sow, he said, let them know that just as quickly as I provided seed for them to sow, uh, I'm going to fulfill the rest of the scripture and I'm going to give them bread for food and I'm going to supply and increase their store of seed. He said, just like I, fu I fulfilled the first part of it in an instant, I'll do the rest of it too. I was like, yes, Lord. So I got up during the offering. I went through that. I told people, I said, God says, and I told them just what I told you. I said, now when this happens, the spirit of God's going to break out in here and something, something's, going to, something's going to supernaturally happen in this place. And God's going to do the rest of that verse of scripture. So I counted the three. I said, to the count of three, let's obey God. One, two, three. Man, I counted to three and the glory of God fell in that building. I'm talking about, Ted was there. The presence of God. The presence. I'm talking about the, look at me, y'all. I ain't talking about anything like some of, some of you have never encountered anything like what happened that night. Never. I mean, it was, it was super duper natural. The power of God manifested and people began to do what the word of the Lord was. But then in the middle of it, all of a sudden, everyone disappeared and the Lord grabbed me and he took me into a conversation that was happening in the back of the church. Literally, you say, what do you mean by that? Well, everything disappeared. Now, all of a sudden, I'm in these two people's faces listening to what they're saying supernaturally by the spirit. And this person has a check in their hand and they said, they say to the other person, now this is for you. The Lord told me to give this to you. This is for you to do whatever you want to do with it. And this is for... And, and I remember I'm hearing them say that. And I said, well, Lord, that's not what you said. You said for those, take their seed, give their seed to, the, to a sower. And that sower would sow that and believe you. And the minute I knew that that wasn't what the Lord had said, I was away from that conversation. And then I was a part of another conversation or another thing going on. There was someone standing there and they're like, Lord, what do you want me to do with this? What do you want me to do with this? God, what do you want me to do with this? And I was like, well, Lord, you said what to do. Why are they praying about that? And, and then boom, as soon as I realized they weren't doing what God said, I was, I was back to myself. I went through about five different conversations that went another. Do you know, here, here's what happened. 
<clears throat> the Spirit of God manifested, and the minute the Spirit of God, I'm, within 10 seconds of God's Spirit manifesting, instead of people doing what God said in that church, people started doing what they thought was right instead of what God said. And the Lord spoke to me, and he said, that's exactly why I wasn't doing anything. He said, because every time I try to do something for these people, they start doing what they think is right instead of what I tell them. People feel the Spirit of God. There's some people can't feel the Spirit of God without turning around looking and saying, who am I supposed to pray for? Well, maybe you're the one that needs it. Maybe God ain't trying to get you to pray for nobody at all. Maybe God isn't trying to give you a word at all. Some people, they feel the anointing and right away they're like, Man, I went to a Benny Hinn meeting, got under the healing anointing. I didn't get up there and grab the microphone from Benny Hinn. I sat there. I, I sat. You ought, to, you ought to get stirred up by the anointing when you're in an anointed meeting. Man, you, do you know what? Here's, here's what was crazy. The whole thing, the whole, the whole meeting, people just went off their own direction. Very few people did what God wanted them to do. But do you know God never left? The Spirit of God was still there. People was shouting. People got drunk in the Holy Ghost last night, that night. They was laid out on the floor everywhere. One of the best revival meetings we've had in years. I'm, I'm talking about it was anointed. And I left there, man. I was like, Lord. No one would ever believe that we missed it tonight because your presence was there. Can you believe it? I got in the car. I was like, well, thank you, Lord, for having mercy. You know what he said? He said, he said, I did great things in there tonight. He says, but it's not near what I could have done had people been obedient to me. He said, had people been obedient to me, he said, he said, this would have been on a whole different level. Well, for most people, it was already on a whole different level. But God was saying there was so much more he wanted to do. And then he said this. He said, I, and I, you need to go and tell them people they missed it. Tomorrow night, tell them they missed it. I was like, Lord. That was some of the that, some of these people, that best meeting they've ever been in. And you want me to tell them they missed it? So I had Ted in the car with me. I had Pastor Mikey in the car with me. I was like, I'm going to tell them first and see how they respond. If they respond well, then I'll, you know, it'll be okay. I mean, Ted's in the car. He's like, shala, shala. he's still, he's still bobbling, you know. Pastor Mikey's in the back praising God. Thank you, Lord. You know. And I told him, I said, hey, y'all, what if I told you, what if I told you that tonight, people missed it they're like what do you mean and then I began to tell them I said you know God God began to show me the Lord said for the, and I you know I told him the whole thing I said and there were some people oh <laughs> I forgot to tell you all that. Pastor Mikey before I tell before I tell him that people missed it Pastor Mikey in the back says man I left here with several thousand dollars Glory to God. Boy, the Lord bless me tonight. 
That's, it's not saving against Pastor Mike. People came to him and handed him money. But you know, that wasn't what the Lord said. All right? So, so when I told him, I said, the Lord, said, the Lord didn't say, you know, this and that. I, I was hoping to hear them say, wow, you know, I didn't even think of that. Lord, help us. No, instead, Ted looked at me. He goes, well, Lord, I feel his presence. <laughs> Pastor Mikey in the back, you know, he said, well, I don't feel like I did anything wrong. I'm clean. I'm good. And I was like, dear God, guys that came with me, I can't, I, they're, they're not responding well. I wonder how everybody else is going to respond to this. But the next day, I told everybody exactly what the Lord said. You know, the lady, her name's uh, Ray, Ray McElroy. She's gone on to be with the Lord. But as I was telling people the next night how they had missed it, before I could tell them they missed it, she stood up. She said, Brother Ziggy, can I say something? I said, sure. She said, I was one of those people that did that. I gave, I gave something to somebody. I said, this is yours. She had given something to Pastor Mikey. I gave, she said, I'm, I'm, I can see that I missed it. She said, I am so sorry, Lord. And there was a big time repentance that took place that night. But you know what? We can never recapture. Stand up all over, will you? We can never recapture that moment again. That was a moment that we had, that had gone by and left us. We just have to trust that the Lord made us better people as a result. Amen. Anybody, anybody receive this here today? If we're going to navigate via the environment of the Spirit, <laughs> y'all you hear Pastor Annie? She goes, I received that in the name of Jesus. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Glory to God. <laughs> What's your cash app? Hot Mama at what? <laughs> I, I never told that when she first made an Instagram I made an Instagram and my Instagram is Pastor Pastor Zig is that right Pastor Ziggy something like that Pastor Ziggy so I, I put it up there and, I, and we were all excited because we were making our Instagram accounts years ago hey my Instagram I, I said uh, my Instagram baby is uh Pastor Ziggy, I said, follow me on Instagram. I said, what's yours? She goes, Hot Mama, 1986 or something. <laughs> I was like, you do realize that everybody's going to see that, right? <laughs> she, she finally changed it to something holier. I perceived something on that day, and I was like, in the name of Jesus. <laughs> uh, come with me, Mama. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> Hot Mama 1986 is going to lay hands on people today. No, no, no. 
<laughs> Thank you, Lord. How many of you desire for the Spirit to lead you? And But are you willing? Are you willing to let Him constrain you? Are you willing to let Him hold you back? Because if you want Him to lead you, then you have to be willing to let Him hold you back if you got to be held back. You don't not, we can't just be willing to speak. We have to be willing to shut up. We can't just be willing to move. We have to be willing to wait. We can't just be willing to do. We have to be willing to not. Amen. Because when we get about doing what he wants us, listen, I don't care how incredible your gift is. And your gift may work outside of him telling you to do. Mine does. My gift works whether he tells me to do something or not. You know, I can preach at the, I can preach at the drop of a hat anywhere, anytime. I don't have to have been told by the Lord to go to a place and to preach. I can, I can preach anywhere, anytime. But I don't think I should preach anywhere, anytime. We could have had revival at Aaron's this week. You guys might have been getting a, 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 an announcement. We won't be having church at Winter's Church this week. We're continuing a revival in Chickasha. The anointing for revival was there. But you know what? We weren't moved by what we felt or by what we thought we ought to do. The Holy Spirit said, no, nah, I'm here and I'm working and there's an anointing for revival, but I don't want you to go on. In fact, Ted was kind of like, you know, Ted was kind of like telling me, I'm, I'm, I feel kind of bad because we're not going on. I was like, well, Ted, it, are, you feel bad because you've, you just feel like we should go on or did the Lord tell you? And when, by the time we talked it out, he was like, yeah, I get it. You got to do what the Holy Ghost tells you to do. Praise God. So Father, in the name of Jesus, my prayer over your people today. Mama, I'm, I, want you to, I want you to go and I want you to pray for everybody over here. I just want you to, well, you know what? There's more of them. It'll take you maybe a little bit longer than me. No, no, I'm just saying, you know, because I know that you're, you like to, you like to linger. I want you to lay your hands on everybody over here. I'm going to lay my hands on everybody over here. And I, what I want to do is I want to just impart to you the anointing that God has been working in me. An anointing that will help you to, to perceive and to discern rightly. Uh, that whatever he's been stirring up in me, he'll stir it up in you in the name of Jesus. Amen. Can we do that? Will you do that with me? So, Lord, I thank you. Annie and I, we're going to lay our hands on everybody here. Lord, we pray that as we lay our hands upon your people, that there'll be something that we be imparted to them, that they will begin to discern rightly, Lord, that which that you want them to do and those things, Lord, that you want them to refrain from, Lord, in the name of Jesus. We, we thank you, Lord, that you're showing your people your way, that you're revealing things through them. The impossible is being revealed, Lord, in the name of Jesus, as they follow your spirit and great demonstrations of the Holy Ghost are going to follow after them uh, from this day forward. In Jesus' name, I thank you for it, Lord. I thank you for it, Lord, in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. I thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord, in the name of Jesus. Lord, as we lay our hands upon the people, I thank you, Father, that you're doing something. That no man can do. That can only be done 
and only be applied by the Spirit. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, Lord, these are things only you can do. These are things only you can do. And so, Father, I'm believing you today. Oh, La Sapana for Hilda. Oh, only you can do this, Lord. Helebruasa. I'm believing you, Father, in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. I declare release for the glory of God in the name of Jesus. We're only praying for things to be released, to be stirred up in you that will help you to navigate the waters of this present time. In the name of Jesus. For the Lord says that the day is coming and the time has arrived. He said that many in this house will rise up to lead. Uh, let's say, you say, how will we lead, Lord, if we have no platform? How will we lead, Lord, if we have no pulpit? The Lord says, Kore Sabana. He says, those that I have brought unto this place, the Lord says, in this season, have I desired to raise up and to lead my people, the Lord says, to a greater revelation of my spirit. To a greater revelation, the Lord says, and a greater realization of the anointing and of the purpose, the Lord says, for which I've called them. For the Lord says, not only is one anointed in this house, but the Lord said all are anointed. The Lord says to lead people to the place where they, uh, where they discover, the Lord says, the purpose, the destiny, the Lord says, to which I have called them. The destination, the Lord says, to which I desire for them to arrive, the Lord says, in this life. And so he sambremesta borojobone sefreda. So the Lord, the Lord says the Bengalia. He said the Lord says this: as I gather people to this house, the Lord says, uh, at the beginning of this year, shall there come a new anointing, a fresh anointing, an overflow of the anointing shall come upon this people. The Lord says to complete and to fulfill the work uh, to which I have called them. The Lord says, get ready, for there shall be many that shall be released into new arenas, into new areas, into new giftings, into new callings, into fresh anointings. And in Mosea, lo the Lord says, the Lord says at the turning of the end of, of this year and the beginning of a new year, the Lord sh says, shall be a great discovery by many of things that have been hidden, of things that have not been released yet. Will you lay your hands on these folks on this side? I didn't even get over there. Woo, you better 
Sabona. He says there have been some that have waited with anticipation uh, in the spirit for a new release. And the Lord says this is the hour when there shall be a new release. There shall be a new release. Kelesa. A release of things, God says, that have not yet been revealed. Things, the Lord says, that have not yet been opened up. The Lord says this is the hour. And he says, and this is the time when you, my people, shall rise up. Elefrosoa and shall discover. Orokorosa. Those things, God says, that in a previous season were locked up. The Lord says, the lock is coming off and the door is swinging open. And the Lord says, and you shall run, run, run. You shall run through the open door. God says, and you shall be an, uh, obedient. Obedient, the Lord says. For that, the Lord says, which I have deposited in you, the Lord says, I have not deposited it for you, but I've deposited it to move through you in the name of Jesus. Ha! In the name of Jesus. So Lord, I declare release today. I declare a release of this uh, for your glory and for your honor, Lord, in the name of Jesus. Father, we thank you. We thank you, we thank you, we thank you that new opportunities are before your people in this hour in the name of Jesus. Get ready. For your mouth shall speak words that they've never spoken before. Your mind shall think thoughts, the Lord says, that you didn't conceive within yourself. For the Lord says, your thoughts will begin to be elevated, the Lord says, to the place of my thoughts. Your words, the Lord says, to my words. Your ways, the Lord said, to my ways. Woo! You say, Lord, could this thing be? And shall it, the Lord says, shall, some say, shall it be that way for me, Lord? For the Lord says, uh, there are many that have longed for the hour and for the time and for the day. And the Lord says, yes. He says, but my, my spirit... He says, the spirit of grace shall flood the house and shall elevate all those, the Lord says, that will receive the promotion that I shall bring in this hour unto my people. For the Lord says, the time has come to step up, to step out. Oh, to get out of the boat, the Lord says, and to walk on the water. The Lord says the storms continue to rage and the wind continues to blow. But the Lord says, I've called my people in the face of the wind and in the face of the raging storm to step out of the boat and onto the water. For the Lord says that which not has held you, has not been able to hold you in the past will hold you up. The Lord says in this hour, the Lord says not naturally, but supernaturally. The Lord says you shall walk on the water and you shall do as no man is capable of doing on his own you shall walk in uh, the Lord says a level and a realm and a measure of the supernatural uh, God says that has been hidden and kept away up until now but God says now shall be the time of the release the Lord says of what many have said is a new thing the Lord says it shall be a new thing unto you but God says uh, uh, God says this he says if you'll be about if you'll be about uh, the things that I have declared unto you, if you'll do these things, the Lord says that I have said, the Lord says you will discern and you will perceive. You will see, the Lord says, with a spiritual eye. You will hear, the Lord says. Uh, hearing you will hear.
seeing you will see and you will discern the Lord says and Lord we receive that in the name of Jesus we receive it in the name of Jesus thank you Father thank you Lord thank you Lord we receive it in the All right, amen. Thank God. Thank God. We receive that in the name of Jesus. The Lord tell me to tell you all this. He said, your mouth needs to begin to declare that you're entering into a new season. You need to say it to yourself and you need to say it to one another. We're crossing over. We're stepping into a new place. See, some, some have said, some have said this, Lord, is it done? Is it, is the work finished? Are, have you finished? Have you finished what is necessary for us to get into this new place? Because, Lord, I feel the same. I don't feel different. <laughs> The, the Lord says, the Lord says this, the Lord says it's the appointed time. It's the appointed time. The Lord said it never was about how you felt. The Lord says it was about the time. It was about the time. He said, didn't I tell, didn't I tell my prophet tomorrow at about this time? And, and he says, and was it not so? The Lord says there were many that said, there were many. The Lord says not only the man on whose hand the king leaned upon, he says, but there were many that, that, that said, if the Lord were to make windows in heaven, might this be? The Lord says, don't be numbered and counted with those that doubt. Those that wonder if it might be, if the Lord were to make windows in heaven, could it even be? The Lord says, the walk that I've called you to is not a walk of sight, it's a walk of faith. Amen. And the Lord says, if you'll believe my word and you'll walk in it, the Lord says, if you'll declare it out your mouth and say unto yourself, it's a new day, it's a new season. I'm crossing over into a new place. Now is the hour. One day is finished. A new day has begun. Oh, you payday. Listen, this, this fellow here and this, this uh, sister that's with it, I, I hear the Lord saying, yesterday is done. The Lord says a new day has arisen. God says you're, you're coming into a new season. I hear God saying that there's a, a, I preached a message several weeks back on progressive deliverance. The Bible talks about how we have been delivered how he has delivered us, how he's delivering us now, and how he continues to deliver us. And in the past, the Lord says this, I delivered you. Now, and, and when we're talking about deliverance, you know, some people think deliverance is bad, just of bad spirits. Deliverance has to do with, sometimes we're delivered from a wrong mindset. We're delivered from a wrong way of thinking. We're delivered out of a wrong way of thinking into a right way of thinking. We're delivered out of adverse circumstance into better circumstances. We're delivered out of the hands of the enemy and into the hands of God. There, there's lots of different kinds of ways that the Lord delivered. But I hear the Lord saying this. You've experienced the delivering 
the, the delivering hand of God. He has delivered you. The Lord told me to tell you this. He's delivering you now. He's delivering you now. Because you, you've cried out, you've cried out to the Lord and said, Lord, and you haven't said with these exact words to deliver you, but what you've, what you've asked him for is to take you out of one land and into another land, out of a land of bondage and into a land of freedom, out of, out of a land of, of, of uh, out of a land of struggle and into a land of promise. So the Lord says he's delivering you now. And God says this. He says, this won't be the last time he delivers you. The Lord says, as you continue to embrace him and embrace his ways, the Lord said, he will continue to deliver you to a, to a higher realm and to a greater place. But the Lord, the Lord told me to tell you this. He says, don't, he says he doesn't want you looking at and focusing on the obstacles. The Lord says, the Lord says, is is not the greater one? The, the Lord said that. He says, is not the greater one present to deliver you and to bring you out, to bring you over? The Lord says, I'm far above, far above, far above, far above. He said, doesn't my word say far above all principality, far above all power, far, far above all might, far above, far above all dominion, far above every name that is named, far above, far. The Lord says, if I'm far above, you're far above. For the Lord says, you carry my name, Shebeah. The Lord says, I'm the head. He says, you're my body. He said, because you're my body, you're as far above as I am. And the enemies tried to persuade you, you're way below. The Lord says, you're not way below, you far above. You far above. The Lord says, this day shall you be delivered from a low place unto a high place. The Lord says, in this hour shall I take you, God says, from under to over in the name of Jesus. God says, you're being delivered from under. And God says, today, he is delivering you and he is taking you over in the name of Jesus. Nothing's going to keep you under. Nothing's going to keep you down. So I declare release to you today in the name of Jesus. I release the Holy Ghost right now for the glory of God in Jesus' name. I thank you, Father. I thank you, Lord. Over, over, over. Over, over, over in the name of Jesus. Over, over, over. Above, far above, for the glory of God, in the name of Jesus. Selveda, thank God. Come on, let's lift our hands and thank God. Etore Baston, Variendere Messia, Foliol Beredrieche, Forosobongele Jegeche, Pere Biando, Marfide. The Lord says there'll come a day and it won't be far off. He says that the dust will settle and the storm will clear. The Lord says, and you'll see with great clarity. You'll see with great clarity, the Lord says, the future that I have envisioned for you. For the Lord says there have been things you envisioned for yourself that you saw on your own, that you thought, the Lord says, were good things. God says, the things that I have are better. The Lord says, my ways are better than your ways. My thoughts are better than your thoughts. The Lord says, this is the season and this is the hour, the Lord says, where I, God says, not, now he, God didn't cause, God doesn't cause difficulty. 
But God uses difficulty to root up things that aren't him. My son preached a message. No, my wife preached a message. Someone preached a message. Someone around here preached this. About gold. It was Annie. Gold. How that, and the Bible tells us that God, when we go through the fire, he uses the fire to refine us. Do you know why when we're in the fire, why it is that all the, we see all the junk of our life? Because all the junk in the fire, all the junk rises to the top. But it doesn't rise to the top to shame us. God doesn't, God doesn't, God isn't trying to shame us. Gil, when we go through the fire and all that junk rises and we become aware of the junk of our life, that's a time that we ought to start dancing. You know why? He's about to scrape it off. He's about to scrape it off. And you're about to become more refined and pure than you ever have been before in your life. God, 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 tell me to tell you all this. He said, he's elevating you. You're not, you're not going under, you're going over. Amen. You're not going down. Amen. You're going up. <laughs> Amen. Thank God. There's something, if we don't discern, right, sometimes we think we're sinking. It's a good day. It's a good day. All right. How many of you received this here today? Now, I know I kept you a little bit typical, but uh, tonight we're back. We're going to be back. And again, we're, what are we going to be talking about? Uh, we're going to talk, not discernment. We're going to talk about grace, God's grace. God's, God, God's given purpose to you, to your life, how to walk in it, how to discover what your gift is, how to live in that place of victory, winning every battle, doing everything that God called you to do. Amen. So uh, back here tonight, six o'clock. Again, it won't be, it'll be an abbreviated service. Maybe we'll have Gabe, uh, maybe we'll have Gabe sing the B.C. Clark jingle and we'll get it after it. Amen. Uh, look, he's going to try to figure it out here. <laughs> Listen, I love you. I, I, I pray that God's blessing will continue to be poured out on you. I'll see you guys back here tonight. Go in his presence before you leave. Love someone because you do. Father, go with us as we go. Let your hand rest upon us. Let your spirit fill each one and uh, touch through each one as we go out of here today. In Jesus' name. Amen. I love you. I will see you guys tonight and throughout the remainder of uh, the first few days of this week.